This is the DGen Football Podcast. And I am your host, Darius. With my two friends, as always, we've got Mitch and Bean. And boys, what a week two. Uh, Week one was awesome in the NFL. And I really expected a big plummet on week two. I thought week one got our hopes up. But man, did it deliver. Uh, Outside of the Monday night games being total snooze fests, we had some crazy comebacks. Uh, just some electric players that um, kind of destroyed my fantasy team this week. But man, was it fun to watch. Um, But as fun as it was to watch, getting down to business, Bean, how were our picks last week? Let's start to recap week two with our betting recap. How did we do? Uh, Well, uh, mixed is is a good way to put it because – Mitch, you and I, unfortunately, we did not get any bets to go away at all. We both went over five, which is kind of crazy. Um, and and our locks were looking pretty good before, like you know the Bengals minus seven and a half at Dallas, pretty good against Cooper Rush. The Browns to win against the Jets, pretty good. Both of them failed, and we didn't get a single one to go our way. But Darius. You came out of it with a three and two record. So apart from your two Seattle bits, everything else was a check. Wow. And you know, I, I hate to be this guy um, because I, I really do feel bad for Trey Lance. Um, I feel like he's missing a big opportunity here to play this season, but I would have felt much better about the Seattle bet had he played the whole game and Jimmy G not come in. Because I think Trey Lance in the future is going to be a better quarterback than Jimmy G. But uh, Jimmy G right now knows that team better, knows the system better, and I think is just a little bit better. Um, And unfortunately, that destroyed my Seattle bets. But man, 0-5 times 2. Wow, that's impressive, guys. Um, I don't think I could do that if I tried. I mean, it, it's happened, but if I tried, I don't think I could get that to happen. So, so kudos to you guys. I, you hope, know, somebody, I hope somebody was fading you. I told, I think it was Bean or Darius, one of you earlier today, that it's just as hard to go 0-5 as it is to go 5-0. and So, you know, we're flipping the script next week and we're turning it around real quick. Yeah, Mitch, you and I got to double down. We really do. Oh, for sure. I mean, there's no way. Right now... Put all the money in the world on the fact I will not be going 0-5 again this week. <laughs> yeah, um, that I mean I know that this is the DGen football podcast, but that might have been the most degenerate thing that I've ever heard you <laughs> say, Mitch. Is we, or being you two, we got to double down. That is exactly what somebody would say who's getting ready to lose all their money. <laughs> right hey, I have not had a single alcoholic beverage today, not one. It's okay. <laughs> uh, so how many more than one is the question? I'm going uh, on the over. And well, what are we setting the over under at, boys? Five and a half. I don't know. Oh, shit. We taking that over all day long. <laughs> uh, well, and, and then let that be a lesson. This is why you record podcasts while having a beverage and uh, you don't do your gambling while having a beverage. So... Uh, we might put out bad takes, but we are believers in responsible gambling. Yes, only responsible <laughs> betting. No irresponsible bets are allowed. I chose all of my bets earlier today before going out to dinner and having any beverages. But Love saying it. that, I'll probably still go like one and four. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, that doesn't change the fact that you're just a bad sports better. So. Oh, um, <laughs> I mean, college football is one thing. The NFL, oh, that's just a totally different beast. As we saw this week, anybody can beat anybody. Overs that seem like sure bets all of a sudden die in the middle of the third quarter. It just happens. Yeah, speaking of which, let's uh, let's get into our – so we, we talked about how betting went, but let's dive into a couple of the games specifically. 
using our fantasy football recap. So um, I know you guys faced off against each other. How did that go? Who shined for you? And uh, what notes about a couple games do you have? Mitch, I want to ask you one question first. Who didn't shine for you? Because you had like, I think Jalen Waddle had like two touchdowns for you. And then Garrett Wilson had two touchdowns. And then Derrick Henry, despite the crappy game he had, had a touchdown. And then you had Justin Herbert, who had like three touchdowns. Um, and then you had the Bucks defense. So like, I, there's no way I can compete with that. So I mean, Matt Prater scored me a solid one point. I think I <laughs> scored one point from him combined in two weeks. Um, the Broncos tight end that I still can't pronounce his name got me zero points. But my really big um, pet peeve is with Derrick Henry. I know he had that one touchdown, but he has combined for, I believe it is something around 85 or 90 rushing yards and one touchdown through two games. Uh, as a first round draft pick, I think I took him fourth or fifth overall. I can't remember exactly where I was. That's not the production I'm looking for. Um, I'm getting more out of my eighth or ninth round wide receiver pick right now than I am out of Derrick Henry, which is very disappointing. And I'm hoping it's only the fact that the Titans have played some tough games to start the season and they're going to turn it around and uh, really get that running game going. But uh, yeah, right now I'm not feeling super great about Derrick Henry. I love my receivers, though. Um, I even had a wide receiver on the bench score me 15 points. So when my fourth string receiver is scoring above average, I will gladly take it. And uh, yeah, it, w- it was just kind of a beat down this week in fantasy. And I couldn't even talk too much smack because there wasn't a single second after the start of the Thursday night game that I wasn't leading this week. Um, so yeah, I- I'm sorry being that you're, you're Owen too, but I believe you have, you have a good looking team and I, I think it'll turn around for you. You know, the weird thing is, like, uh, I expected Jared Goff to be the one who probably let me down. And he put up four touchdowns. <laughs> so I was like, oh, well, they're, they're playing well. So I might as well keep him as my starting quarterback um, because of the injury to Dak. But then sticking with the Titans, um, who's been, like, really quiet so far has been Robert Woods. Um, he's not getting that many targets at all. I think he had, like, 35 yards or something. And he was on my bench, too. So there's not much production there. I think DJ Moore had a touchdown, but he's they're playing the Saints this week, so I don't know how much production he's going to get. So it's just like, you know, apart from Cooper Cup doing Cooper Cup things, it was kind of it was kind of like weird all around. And then the Browns, of course, like giving up 31 points didn't help, and I had the Browns defense this week. So um, there goes the lock of the week, and there goes my fantasy as well. Yeah, that, that was a surprising... <clears throat> Surprising game for me. Um, you, you'd think that playing the Browns defense against washed up Joe Flacco uh, would be an easy bet, but uh, you know, apparently Joe Flacco's still got a little fight left in him. I think Joe Flacco currently has the third or fourth most passing yards in the NFL. He does. He does. Absurd. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, it sounds like you guys both at least had better weeks than I did because. You have at least one person each you can talk about. Um, my only good news fantasy-wise is that my score, I just in the Monday night game avoided getting my score doubled. Um, my team combined scored one touchdown. Wow. Everybody on my team combined for one touchdown. Uh, and the guy I was facing had Jalen Hurts, who just curb stomped the Vikings, Aaron Jones, who, I mean, he's with Aaron Rodgers and they own the bears. So he did his thing. And then Stefan Diggs, who um, put up three touchdowns on the Titans. So yeah, to say I didn't stand a chance is putting it lightly. Yeah. I scored more than one touchdown in the last 40 seconds of the one o'clock games. <laughs> I can't yeah. really relate to that. Kirk Cousins is my one player who put up a a touchdown. Nobody else scored a touchdown on my team, and Kirk Cousins canceled out that touchdown by being classic primetime Kirk with three interceptions and a lost fumble. 
Did you see his record on primetime games? He's now like two and thirty-seven. Yeah, that's why I bet on the Eagles to win last night. <laughs> like, I feel like you could put a random guy on the street in a primetime game, and he would be two and thirty-seven. And like, I know that's just chance, because like at the end of the day, he's a professional football player, and like you can play under basically whatever circumstances. But like. That is just, I mean, compared to his record normally in the regular season, that it's just un, uncanny. Like, it's hard to believe. Yeah, I mean, they do tend to put better teams in, in the primetime spots, but it is quite insane. I I don't know if I've ever seen a statistic like that in, in any sport, let alone the NFL. Yeah, I was kind of hoping that that Eagles-Vikings game, like that was one of the games I was looking forward to because it's like, you know, two NFC teams, like, you probably think after week one that they'll be favorites for their divisions. Um, and the, the Vikings just didn't turn up, man. They just they just didn't show up offensively. No, no, that's um, – which is good, I guess. I picked the Packers to win that division, so that's good for me, I suppose. But Yeah, I think that's I an easy say. money bet. I mean, we'll see. They The Vikings look good against the Packers, but – Aaron Rodgers, I mean, the past two seasons now hasn't looked good in week one, so you can't really take too much away from that. But anyway, um, let's move on from fantasy football. Uh, We'll do our last couple looks at last week before we jump ahead to week three. Uh, So first, looking back to week two again, we need our winner and our losers of the week. So let's start on a positive note. Bean... Who is your winner of the week? Well, the winner of the week is the city of New York because both the Jets and the Giants pulled off W's. Um, the Giants are now 2-0, and the Jets pulled off that comeback of two scores within the last two minutes of the game. It was kind of crazy actually watching that game because I was like, Joe Flacco just rolled back the years to 2013, and, and you know, it was just – everything was just ticking. And Garrett Wilson – also had a tremendous game uh, offensively for the Jets. Ed, Robert Sala was talking about how he's keeping receipts. Well, that's like the biggest receipt pulled there, right there with that comeback. Um, and they did it all in the pres- presence of Brownie the Elf. So <laughs> New York is my winner of the week. I forgot you being in New Jersey means that you got that game. I just kept getting the notification yeah. across the bottom of my screen of Jet score, Jet score, Jet score. I was, and it was just like, a, wait, what is going on right now? Because <laughs> I, I was watching the Ravens and the Dolphins at that time. So I can't even imagine watching that one live. I wish I had the Ravens-Dolphins, though. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> that, that was an electric game to watch. Absolutely. Um. Oh, and also, Bean, didn't the Yankees and the Mets both also win on Sunday? They so did, yeah. yeah. So the whole city of New York is is for one week and all smiling together. Yeah, love it. All right, Mitch, who's your winner of the week? Uh, my winner of the week, surprisingly, is the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, so they ha- they've won the division exactly one time since 2000 but they are currently the only team in the division with a win. And my preseason favorite to win the division, which would be the Titans is the only team without a win currently sitting or the only team with two losses, I should say sitting in last place. So uh, they've got the early lead and uh, they just have to not blow it, but you know, it's only week two. So I'm they sure will they'll find a way. <laughs> yeah. That, I mean, that whole division was my loser of the week uh, last week. And uh, I can't say they improved much outside of Jacksonville. So <laughs> no, they did not. They all looked rather poor. Yes. Um, anyway, uh, good pick. Good pick. I like it. My winner of the week, or I should say winners of the week, goes out to quarterbacks that, quote, can't throw. <laughs> um, so I, I picked, I found four quarterbacks that get a lot of flack for either just having poor arms or are more running quarterbacks than passing quarterbacks. So we've got Joe Flacco, who supposedly washed up 307 yards, four touchdowns. Mm -hmm. Tua, who supposedly can't throw the deep ball, 469 yards and six touchdowns. Nice. 
Lamar Jackson, who is supposedly a running back for the Ravens, 318 passing yards and three touchdowns. And then Jalen Hurts, same kind of deal. He's more of a runner than a passer, 333 passing yards and a touchdown throwing. Not to mention the couple that or he no, he ran two in. So um four of those guys, winners of the week. They supposedly can't throw and they absolutely lit up the league. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting thing I saw about Lamar, he currently has the longest pass and the longest rush in the NFL this season. Yeah, and it wasn't in like near back to back drives as well. Yeah, it was like two out of three drives or something that had a a 95-yard pass, and a, or not 95, a 75-yard pass and a 79-yard run. Yeah, it was like Rashad Bateman, and then he just ran himself to the next drive or something like that. It was yeah. crazy. I, I, of course, had Rashad Bateman as my fantasy receiver, and I got the notification that he scored a touchdown, and I went and looked at his stats, and all of a sudden he went from zero to like 15 points, and I was like, oh, okay. That's kind of crazy. <laughs> must, right? must be nice. Yeah. Enough yeah. <laughs> fantasy, all right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. I, I, I just got to mo- brag while, while I'm still number one in the league, you know? <laughs> I get yeah, that. Well, well, we started from the bottom, and we're going to be there, maybe, eventually. That's how you finish. I just want to make the playoffs this year. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, so, speaking of negative notes, um, our last look back to last week are losers of the week. Being who you got. Well, I have one of the losers of the week. Uh, I'm not sure if you guys saw this video, but Mike Gusecki <laughs> doing the gritty after <laughs> oh the touchdown. Oh my god! Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was, yeah. There's no words to describe that. Um, he got clowned on social media pretty badly. Um, so he's a loser. But I think the biggest losers of the week are the AFC North. Um, definitely the Browns did not cover themselves in glory. In fact, covered themselves in whatever Joe Flacco threw at them. And um, the the Bengals, Cooper Rush, I mean, Mitch, you and I talked about this. Like, how do you lose to Cooper Rush? Like, you have Joe Burrow, you have Jamar Chase. And one of my long shot bets last week was him having 100 yards and a touchdown and the Bengals winning. That was a plus 1,000. Now I look back and I'm like, ah, oh, that, that makes sense. That's why it was plus 1,000. Vegas knew something as usual that I didn't. Um, the Steelers offense was definitely a loser of the week. And then finally the uh, the Ravens because they blew a three score lead in the fourth quarter. That's kind of ridiculous. Yeah, that's I had them on my list as well. The entire AFC North. That was the, the way that the other three teams lost were the only reason that the Steelers' loss was uh, manageable. Yeah, right. honestly, I wrote down that exact thing. I had my loser of the week is the AFC North. With the asterisks of, well, the Steelers actually kind of won the week a little bit because on a week they should have lost ground to all three other teams. They all found a way to lose when they shouldn't have. And uh, the Steelers are sitting there just, you know, kind of holding pat with everybody else. Um, you know, uh, I had Derek Henry as one of my losers of the week just because he upset me so much in fantasy. And the fact that he had, I think, like 12 rushing yards in that game. Um, but I, I got to come up with another loser of the week real quick. Um, I'll say uh, the Chicago Bears because they got destroyed by the Packers yet again and showed they have no offensive creativity, no offensive line. And uh, they just have to hope for a monsoon every single week in order to have a winning record. Yeah, yeah, the Bears definitely struggled. Um, I, my loser of the week is kind of, well, it's kind of a blanket statement, um, but I'm directing it more at three teams in particular. Um, so my loser of the week is, um, offensive red zone play calling. And that is directed at the Indianapolis Colts, the... Denver Broncos and the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, None of the three teams can put up any sort of offensive production whatsoever. Um, List. I've got to put the Broncos. They had so much hype Broncos country. Let's ride. And they ended up with fans counting down the play clock 
in the stadium to avoid delay of game penalties is how bad it got. Um, and then the Steelers have two offensive touchdowns in two games and the Colts got goose egged by the Jaguars. So yeah, not, not great production. So um, offensive play calling is definitely my loser of the week. I also have another one, an honorable mention I wanted to say. Uh, so if you don't know, we have a Twitter page uh, at DGen football uh, on Twitter, follow us there. We think we're funny. We're probably not, but um, we got blocked by our first major account this week. Um, so loser of the week is Sunday night football on NBC Twitter page. They on Sunday night football, they tweeted congratulations to Aaron Rodgers for his 450th touchdown pass. Um, only thing was it was a pitch play to Aaron Jones. So it was a run. Uh, so I tweeted at them with the meme of Bart Simpson and the, at least you tried cake and quoted it with, uh, uh, Sunday night football on NBC firing, whatever intern prematurely tweeted this with the, at least you tried cake. Well, uh, a few minutes later, Aaron Rodgers actually threw his first or his 450th touchdown pass, and they tweeted the exact same thing after deleting the previous one. So I replied to them again with uh, this time Homer Simpson backing into the bush, and <laughs> it said, uh, um, "What did it say? It said." Oh, NBC acting like they didn't just prematurely tweet this exact tweet and it started to get a few likes and we were quickly blocked. So loser of the week is Sunday Night Football on NBC Twitter page um, for losing us as a follower and losing our funny tweets. Yeah, quality content lost right there. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's just incredibly soft as a major company how are you not going to just laugh at your own mistake and be like, Oh, whatever we, uh, we messed up, but you know, Oh, well they're lost. We'll move yeah, on. Exactly. Figure like, you know, I get it. If somebody says something offensive, but like, I don't know. I was just, I th- I figured they'd laugh along with like, haha, oops, my bad. But they were just like, you know, trying to cover it up. Like, wow. <laughs> get a sense of humor guys. Right. I, I think that's the, the problem with the big corporate, things going on is is they don't laugh enough so that's why we just sit here and make fun of ourselves all night long exactly exactly oh also bean i wanted to add on to your afc north loser of the week um so obviously the afc north went zero and four they lost by a combined 11 points so i thought that was uh that was a good stat that's crazy yeah (laughs) uh, tough losses but it's just a manner in which they all lost was just well, I mean, the only team that actually, like, I guess the Steelers kept it close for the most part. The Ravens should be embarrassed. <laughs> and the Jet, uh, sorry, the Browns even more so. But, yeah, the fact that they all lost by just less than two scores is kind of crazy. Yeah. But uh, speaking of AFC North, let's jump into week three. Because I think we've got a really good slate this week. Starting with two AFC North teams. <coughs> Excuse me. I, uh have been using my voice all day and it is dying on me um Steelers at Browns so the Browns open up they opened up as a five-point favorite that has since dropped to four and a half with a over under at a whopping 38 guys what do we think Thursday night football in Cleveland uh your classic AFC North matchup how's it gonna go I don't know has anyone checked the weather yet um but I, I was going to say, like, last week, the Steelers' defense, I think there was a point where Minka Fat, Fitzpatrick almost had, like, a pick, and then I think he dropped it. Um, and that was that was that that sort of exemplified the game against the Patriots for the Steelers. It was, like, nearly, even in terms of offense, there were, like, throws that Trubisky was making, and then you, you mentioned red zone offense, Darius. Um, it was a week of nearly for the Steelers. For the Browns, it was, you know... You guys were two minutes away from playing the most perfect game of um, what you could do against the Jets. Well, and then Joe Flacco just turned into like prime Tom Brady and started throwing like deep balls. Um, so I think 
this game is going to be a lot closer. I, I don't know. I don't see how the Browns are exactly favorites from Vegas. Uh, but one of the bets I have for this game is the Steelers at plus three and a half at plus 100 on DraftKings. What do you guys think of that? I like it. I like it. Um, I, I put in my notes, and, and I hate to do this because I hate betting on my own team, but I put Steelers plus five. That was before the line changed. And in quotes, I put uh, someone will win by three. So I don't know which right. team, but whoever wins is going to win by three points. Yeah, that, that was kind of in line with my thinking. Um, both teams have been in two really close games. I think all four games that they've played in the season have been decided by four points or less. I'm not exactly sure if that's correct, but I'm pretty sure that's what I saw earlier today. Three, three points or less. Three yeah. points or less for all of them? Okay. Um, so I I saw the line earlier today on FanDuel at plus five and a half for the Steelers. So I was taking that all day long. I agree. I think this is a field goal wins it game. Um, I'm not sure what the weather is going to be in. It's in Cleveland, I believe. Correct. Yes. But I'm showing I'm showing 60, 60 degrees and rainy. Okay, I was gonna As say yeah, now. up up in Michigan, not too far away. Uh, our weather is supposed to be in the low sixties to upper fifties, um, so not like the nicest weather. It's gonna be a little cold, a little chilly, and especially if that rain hits, I could see this being a pretty low scoring game and a uh, a heavy running affair, which I think favors the Browns, but I don't think it favors them too much um, to the point where I would be willing to take them at at more than five points. So. I uh, I could definitely see the Steelers pulling the upset quite easily. Yeah, it makes me nervous because I like the Steelers a lot in this game. Um, my biggest concern is the Browns running all over the Steelers' defense and uh, the Steelers' offense just not being able to keep up. But, I mean, to be fair, the Steelers' offense is set up to not be able to keep up with high-powered offenses. So it um, – it lines up well. I think neither team has a whole lot going offensively, so we'll see. Yeah, I mean, Najee Harris hasn't been great. He hasn't had a whole lot of yards. Um, but I did see the receivers are asking for more deep balls and saying that they're open and they just need thrown to. The The entire so, city of Pittsburgh is asking for more deep balls. Even Mitch Trubisky is a- asking for more deep balls. <laughs> I, I did see the quote. Or I don't know if it was a quote or a kind of implied quote about he was has not been given the opportunity to audible into the play that he thinks is correct. And to me, that seems kind of preposterous for a six-year veteran in the NFL to uh, not be able to call his own number on occasion. Agreed. Now, a couple of props I do like. Uh, Mitch, you kind of alluded to it. I like Nick Chubb over 81 and a half yards. Well, actually, I liked his over yards until I saw it was 81 and a half. Um, last year, I think he ran for 55 and 61 against the Steelers. Um, so that makes me a little bit nervous, but I do think it's going to be ground and pound for the Browns. So I like him to get a lot of yards. George Pickens, his over under receiving yards is 27 and a half. And I know he's not really been targeted much, but um, I think him kind of calling out the offense is going to get him some more touches this week. Yeah, I hope they involve him more. I think I think he he showed a lot in the preseason that he's capable of being like one of the best receivers on the team. I, I well, going back to the deep ball discussion, the biggest battles in this game is going to be Nick Chubb and how his run can be stopped and obviously they're playing a better defense than the Jets and then Mitch Trubisky and you know against like the pass rush, Miles Garrett, and whoever else is coming at him, if if they can get the ball like to his receivers quick, like that's gonna answer all your questions. I, I like the over as well for Pickens. Yeah, and I, I like the over thirty eight in general in this game. I think it's super low, and I mean, I know the Brown Steelers usually is lower than thirty eight, but um, again, I think the Browns have a good run game. Jacoby Brissett's played well enough, and I think. Mitch Trubisky is basically going to say "screw Matt Canada" and uh, call start calling his own number. At least I hope he does. <laughs> and it's an AFC North game, so exactly. 
All right. Uh, cool. Anything else about Thursday night? I'm really excited for it, obviously, as a Steelers fan. But uh, you guys have any other notes as non-biased parties? I wish it wasn't on Amazon. Yeah, I'm oh excited to take a nap during it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we got the AFC North and Big Ten football are, are pretty much identical. Yeah. <laughs> um, cool. All right. Well, let's move on to our Sunday through Monday games. Um, we're going to get into some bets. Hopefully we can. So I think our first bet is all Steelers to cover, which scares me. Um, so our next bet that we are going to keep track of is our lock of the week. So one bet that you are so confident in, um, what is it Bean? chiefs money line? Minus 255. I know minus 255 is not big odds, but like, I know I thought I had a lock last week with the Browns, but the Chiefs and the way the Colts got shut out by the Jaguars of all teams and the way the Chiefs offense is playing right now, I think the Colts, like, they have no chance in this game. Give me the Chiefs. Ooh, I like it. I still don't like that you're being safe and taking money line favorites, but I get it after last week. Yeah, I, I have to step back a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Mitch, who you got? Well, I'm not going to be safe and cautious and take a nice money line bet, but that's mostly because I love something that's at minus 110. It is the Baltimore Ravens minus three at the New England Patriots. Um, to me, this is a story of Mac Jones has been a decent quarterback this season. He's uh, got 65% completion. 460-some total yards, two touchdowns, two interceptions. But they're going up against the Ravens, who just lost a heartbreaking game. So they're not going to play it soft and easy in the fourth quarter again. I think the Ravens can score 40-plus points every single week. They go on the field. I think Lamar Jackson um, is a dark horse MVP candidate right now at plus 1,200 odds. Something really interesting to look into. Um to me, I feel like this line should be much higher. It should be, you know, six and a half or so. Um, so I think the Ravens easily beat the Patriots by three points, considering the Patriots barely beat the Steelers by three. And the Ravens are going to score a whole lot more than the Steelers will. Yeah, That's I like that one a lot, actually. And yeah, the Ravens cannot afford to uh, drop this game. Uh, but staying in the AFC North, I took the Bengals to cover four and a half is my lock of the week against the Jets. Um, I realized we just talked about Joe Flacco, and I praised him for not being washed up. But, man, he is not pulling two comebacks like that. Uh, the Jets were down by 13 to the Browns with a minute and a half left. Uh, the Bengals uh, can't afford to start 0-3. They're going to pull it together. They have so much talent on that team. Um, so I think the bank and, and the Bengals are upset about losing to the Jets last year. Uh, so the Bengals just have so many reasons to come out and, and just lay it all on the line. I think they're going to beat the Jets by double digits. Yeah, like I think, yeah, I think so too, but there is my long shot was the Jets to win at plus 180. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I'm like conflicted there. Like my mind says the Bengals are going to come back and do it, but they just lost to Cooper Rush. Like that was their best chance of getting their first win of the season. Um, I mean, obviously with Dak out, but that whole first half, like to go down two scores to that team, it was kind of like embarrassing. And I saw like posts on social media saying that the Bengals were fraud frauds like going to the Super Bowl last year and all that which I don't think was the case because their defense played really well in, in like very uh, specific scenarios and and obviously Evan McPherson and all that um, plus Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase but that connection has been there this year yet or much of it um, and there's just so many missing pieces in that O-line it Burrow got sacked like three times um for the second consecutive game. I think there's like some stretch that he's been sacked for at least three times a game for, which is kind of ridiculous. Um, so my mind says the the Bengals are going to get on the, get their win. But I, you know, I'm, I'm thinking like 
<laughs> the long shot. The Jets might pull it off again. No, I, I don't think a back-to-back year is like that. Um, obviously, it is a fear, but I think I think the Bengals are going to pull this off. They're gonna they're gonna get their their stuff together, and and they're gonna win this game by at least ten points. Yeah. Uh, anyway, you go ahead. Go ahead, Mitch. Last week, I mean, I said the Bengals were gonna get it together last week, and they didn't. Granted, I think the Cowboys are a slightly better team than the Jets are, but uh, I. I couldn't, in good faith, put anything on the Bengals after what they did to me last week. So yeah, but the Jets were down by thirteen to the Browns with a minute twenty left. Like the Bengals aren't going to blow that lead, right? No, but I mean it is at New York this time instead of at Cleveland. But you know, I if I was betting in this game, I would probably bet the Bengals minus four and a half. I firmly believe that they will. They are a touchdown better team. I don't think the Jets have the defense to pressure Joe Burrow as as much. So uh, it's just tough. I mean, when you have, what, five turnovers in a game, it's almost impossible to win. As the yeah, Bengals. very true. Very true. Okay. Uh, well, being you led into it with your long shot bet, which is the Jets beating the Bengals, um, I will follow that up by saying my long shot bet <clears throat> is the Colts money line against the chiefs uh for plus 235 so i know the chiefs have looked amazing i continue to doubt them and i continue to be proved wrong but the colts have looked horrendous they've played two away division games to start the year it's their first home game and i think they played down to their bad opponents and I think they're going to rise to the occasion against a good one. And I think they're going to shock everybody and win this game straight up. I don't hate it. If Matty Ice has any chance at more than one year as the Colts starting quarterback, he needs to win and win quickly. Otherwise, they're going to draft either Bryce Young or CJ Stroud with the number one pick next year and quickly replace Matty Ice, so uh, he needs a fire lit under him and to uh, melt the ice, so to speak. But, uh, yeah, I like yes. it. Mitch, to your point about Derrick Henry, like Jonathan Taylor, um, yeah. I watched them use him, like, last game against the the Jags, and, like, the way they used him and, like, the situations in which he ran the ball, it, was, it felt like it was kind of ineffective. I mean, he'd get these, like, minimum two-yard gains, and it 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 just ended up being the Colts being um very very like you know hurried up like it started the fourth quarter they're going for it on fourth and fifteen on the thirty yard line of, of the Jags it, it, that's what it ended up being and that's because the running game wasn't there either so I think Jonathan Dale and obviously they didn't have Michael Pittman last game um we th- it might be available this game um and then obviously there was no Alec Pierce either. So it was just like Ashton Duell and Paris Campbell. I mean, there's a few offensive pieces there, but like you need Michael Pittman and the running game and Michael Pittman sort of together, like cre- create opportunities for the offense. And that just wasn't there. And as I said it in previous episode, I think Maddie, I should be calling the plays. If he call, if he starts calling the plays, things might change. If not, the chiefs run away with this. True. So may, maybe maybe my my loser of the week is actually just offensive coordinators, because um, yep. <laughs> <laughs> all three of those teams I mentioned have had offensive coordinator problems. Right. Um, cool. Anyway, Mitch, who is your long shot bet? Or what? Is your uh, long so shot bet? I am lowering the long shot a little bit. So at plus one ninety four, I have the Lions money line over the Vikings. Oh, um, I love it. I love, I love that it. one. I do too. I was so, looking at that. I look at it, so Detroit can score this year. They scored 35 against the Eagles and 36 against the Commanders. The Vikings scored seven points against the Eagles. So if I look at common opponents, Detroit is 28 points better. Now, granted, one was home and one's away. So, like, that makes a little bit of a difference. But, like, I think Detroit could easily win this game by a touchdown or more. Uh, so money line is an easy bet for me. If you're not feeling quite so frisky, you could take the Lions at plus five and a half at minus one oh six. 
But uh, no, I, I love the Lions to win this game. Yeah, I, I like the Lions to at least cover in this game. I think they'll make it close, and if they lose, it'll be in classic heartbreaking fashion. Yeah, this is a division game. The only thing I would say, Mitch, is this game is in Minnesota, um, which might tilt the favor in the Vic- to the Vikings a little bit. But I agree. Like Their offense is taking Aiden Hutchinson's playing really well. Uh, Amon Ross St. Brown is... What, what a big uh, impact he's had already. DeAndre Swift um, and then Jamal Williams on those third downs. Like, they have things going for them. The only question is the defense. So, I like I like the plus five, but I just for the sake of hard knocks, I want the Lions to win this game too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, speaking of Lions and the Vikings, uh, let's jump into our next bet, which is the highest score of the week. Um so I actually have the Lions and Vikings as my highest scoring game. But from a betting perspective, um, 53 is a lot of points. Uh, so the over that I like the most and what I'm going to officially make as the bet that I'm submitting for our tracking purposes is the Falcons and Seahawks over 42 points. Um, Both teams are bad, obviously, but uh, Minnesota has put up 27 and 26 points against the Saints and Rams, which have pretty decent defenses. And the Seahawks, um, while I don't think their offense is necessarily great, they have two really good receivers Geno Smith can be electric. It is home for the Seahawks and the Falcons defense is bad. So needing each team to put up 21, I think is not a hard ask. Yeah, I like it. I hadn't really thought about that game, but I wasn't really thinking from the perspective of both teams don't really have a great defense. Um, Marcus Mariota and, and Geno Smith, I think are at least capable quarterbacks of scoring some points. Um, 41 is a fairly low over under, um, but I'm looking at one of the highest. So you shied away from 53 and a half, uh, but there is another game that's at 53 and a half and that is the bills and dolphins. Um, I'm just going to say this, the Bills scored 41 points this week. They didn't play their starters in the fourth quarter. The dolphins scored 42 points this week, 28 of which were in the fourth quarter. Um, those teams could combine easily for 80 points. Um, so that 53 and a half number, I don't think it gets below 60, to be completely honest with you. Um, I could see this Bills 42, Dolphins 21, and that still is a crazy high-scoring game. Yeah, and this game is in Miami, so like the Dolphins, like I guess the onus is on them offensively. I looked at that. I also looked at the Eagles and Commanders, not necessarily as the highest scoring, but like, I wonder what the I think the over under on that was like forty nine or something. I'm um, seeing it as 40, 47 and a half. 47 yep. and a half. Yeah. Well, I think the Eagles will put up points. It's just I think Carson Wentz last week was like also he he threw for three hundred yards and three touchdowns. So I think there's some offense there as well for the commanders. So I think that game might hit the over. But I, I'm going back to just the Lions and Vikings as my highest scoring game, plus four fifty. I think that's the game like division matchup. I think the Lions are like, there's nothing to lose. That's how they're going to approach that one. Yeah, no, I, I like it. I like all of our picks. I was looking at the the Bills and Dolphins as well, but I thought that was just too much of the obvious pick, so I, I, I was scared. Well, uh, when, anyway. When you go 0-5, you got to be a little obvious. Right? <laughs> true, very true. Uh, so let's go the opposite end. Let's go low score of the week or your favorite under. Um Bean, who you got? I'm going to start with, uh, well, I looked at uh, a couple of games, obviously the Bears and Texans, but I thought that was too obvious. So I went for the Panthers and Saints division game. Um, well, the Saints didn't have a lot of offense in the last game until the very end. Um, Jameis was off. And then the Panthers, well, Matt Rule is like one of the losers of the season so far, I guess. Um, so... I think if the if this is in Carolina as well, um, and yeah. I know those games can be like quite 
high scoring because they are division games, but I don't know. I feel like the Panthers have no offense, and the Saints seem kind of slow without that without Alvin Kamara. So it depends on how they use him, I guess. But at plus five hundred, like, I mean, why not? Yeah, I like it. Uh, that was actually my pick as well. So um, I predicted my final score. It's going to be Saints twenty-seven, Panthers ten, which will hit that under. Yeah, Mitch, who you got? I like it. Uh, so in terms of like the actual lowest scoring game, it's got to be either the Texans Bears or Brown Steelers. Although I I lean Texans Bears. In terms of who's gonna hit the under, I'm kind of looking at the Jacksonville L.A. Chargers game. It's 47 and a half right now. To me, the Chargers have a pretty good defense. I don't think Jacksonville scores more than 14 at the most. Um which leaves me a good amount of points for the Chargers. You know, I could see them scoring 28, which does that hit? 42. No, yeah, that's 42. And I don't think the Chargers need to score more than 28 points in that game. So, to me, that game could easily hit the under. Um, So, I'm going to go with that as my pick. Uh, Just because I I think that the Texans, Bears, or Brown Steelers, they're just too basic to look at. Got to be a little creative here. Um, Yeah. Yeah, Sad day for Justin Herbert and my fantasy team, but I don't think they need to go crazy in this game. I think if they're going to run, just control some clock. Hey, if he plays. That's true. He's questionable right now, but it's only Tuesday. It's so that, that under is looking even better then. But, and the, the, the Chargers might just use Eckler the whole game and, and like just win like 17 nothing or something. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that game ending like... 13 to 3 or i could see that game ending like 42 to 30 right um so there's no in between no um but no i like the pick i like the pick uh all right let's end with games that we are most looking forward to uh so mitch we'll go back to you again what game are you really looking forward to this week and why all right, to me, the most interesting game in terms of division race is going to be the Rams at the Cardinals. Uh, is the winner of this game the favorite to win the division? I think certainly if the Rams win, but if the Cardinals pull it out, um, that's my question to you boys. But I certainly think so. Well, Mitch, like last week, the the Rams showed like signs of, you know, they showed some like weaknesses, like Stafford throwing those picks, and Atlanta came close to, or or the Rams came close to doing a Falcons against the Falcons, um, and then obviously that Cooper Cup fumble and everything. Like there's like certain things that the Rams thought were like a given, and then slowly like you know, all of these cracks are slowly showing up. Um, the Cardinals, well, that win was ridiculous. I'm sure you guys saw like the Kyler Murray like two point attempt that was like 30 years long. <laughs> yeah, but but that was the. I mean, there are moments where he's like genius, and there's moments where he's like, you know, what is this guy doing? <laughs> so uh, I like that game too. The game I went for that I'm looking forward to the most is the Titans and the Raiders. The Titans and Raiders both 0 and 2. Um, tough loss in week one for the Raiders. Even tougher loss in the second week against the Cardinals. The Titans, well, they were terrible in both games. So this is like a crunch battle right now. Because the Titans were like one seed last last year. And the Raiders were supposedly going to be one of the better teams in the AFC West. And that division is already so jam-packed full of stars. So this, Devontae Adams, Derek Carr, uh, Tannehill, Derek Henry... This is this could be a season-defining game. Yeah, I like it. I think the loser of this game might be out of the playoffs already. I mean, yeah. in such a t- I mean, th- I I think that's a bit extreme, but in a, such a tough division, it is hard to come back from one and two. Yeah, I I think for the Raiders, it's a very critical game. I think the Titans can come back from it easier. Or from zero and three is what I meant. Sorry. Right. Yeah. 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 I, I think the Raiders going zero and three, they're done. The Titans 0-3, unlikely but doable. Yeah, you have to beat no, the Colts twice, but yeah. Yeah, exactly, because the Raiders are in a super tough division, um, which I already said I didn't think they were going to win. 
Um, so now they're fighting for a wild card spot, but realistically three teams from their division might make <laughs> the playoffs. And then, yeah, the Titans have to compete with the Colts. Well, no, they have to compete with the Jaguars. I stand corrected. I'm, I, I apologize. <laughs> the, they'll be battling it with the Jags for, for the division win. Um, I was also going to go with Rams Cardinals. Um, but the backup game that I had that I'm also really looking forward to is just Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers facing off once again. I, I think we've got a really good 425 window this week with Rams Cardinals, Falcons Seahawks and Packers Bucks. Um, these teams have met a few times in the playoffs. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think it'll be interesting. I think the, the Bucks will win, but um, I think this game is going to show a lot about, I mean, really both quarterbacks because both quarterbacks are, I mean, Hall of Fame quarterbacks that currently have very few weapons to throw to, and both offenses have struggled a bit to start the year. So I'm, I'm curious to see who is going to prevail. Well, Darius, the strategy for either quarterback is, like, so interesting. Like, Aaron Rodgers, oh, I don't have receivers to throw to? I'm just going to, like, like one of those pitch catches to, like, Aaron Jones. Oh, that's my 450th touchdown in the league? Wow, <laughs> that's cool, right? Um, and then Tom Brady, well, just let's just recruit everyone. I'm the LeBron of the NFL. <laughs> and then he goes yeah. and gets Cole Beasley because Mike Evans is suspended for a game. Um, not to mention they already have Julio, Chris Godwin, Scotty Miller. Um and then break the tight end. So, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to this game as well. Like you said, I think the 425 window this time is a lot better than the last week. Um, yeah, I took but... a nap during the 4 o'clock games <laughs> last week. Uh, it was never a good sign. But I like the Buccaneers too in this one. I, I don't have CBS, so I didn't get to watch any of the 4 o'clock games last week. And I really wasn't that upset about it, to be honest. <laughs> no, the, the end of a couple of the games were okay. But... Um... Like, obviously, Cardinals-Raiders was entertaining. The Bengals almost came back. The Broncos-Texans ended up being closer than people expected. But, like, just while the games were going on, they were just such snooze fests. So, yeah, I think we have a better window this time. Uh, Games we didn't talk about. um, Texans-Bears we touched on a little bit. I think we all agree it's going to be low scoring. Um, I like the Bears to win it, though. I think, I mean, obviously I picked the Texans to win the least amount of games in the NFL this year, so I'm going to keep picking against them. Yeah, I think this is the Bears' offense, like their first opportunity to actually show if they have any life at all. Um, like the Packers were just a much better team. They played in a monsoon the first game. If you can't beat the Texans, then it's time for a total overhaul. Yeah, and I mean, the Bears have some playmakers on their offense. Like, they showed flashes against the Packers. They just couldn't do anything with it. Yeah, it, it, it helps when you don't lose five yards on first down. Yeah, a throw. false start to start every single drive. Yeah, they went down the field on the first drive, and uh, Fields rushes in for a touchdown. And then, like, after that, it's just blank, blank field goal. Like, it's kind of crazy. So... I mean, the the Bears, like, the, I think they were one of the losers of the week last week because they didn't show their full offensive capability and against the wounded Packers. Well, Mitch, like you were saying, this is their best chance to redeem yeah. that. Um, so, yeah, I like the Bears too. Yeah, Justin Fields has the two lowest passing yard totals of any quarterback in the league. For, And they've played two games. Yeah, well, Joe Flacco is also up there for highest, so we've got a lot of season <laughs> left to play. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. I, I think the Bears need to throw the football and see if they can do it. Yeah, let it rip. I, I love it. Um, Raiders-Titans, we talked about a little bit. Um, that'll be a good game. Um, we've talked about Chiefs-Colts, Bills-Dolphins, Lions-Vikings, Ravens-Patriots, Bengals-Jets. Um, we briefly mentioned Eagles commanders. Um, I think so, somebody picked that as their, their high scoring game, right? Uh, well, I was saying that might hit the over 40. Oh yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. No, I, I, I like that. I think, uh, yep. Yep. I like yep. that. 
Washington's receivers have been looking good. Terry McLaurin and Jahan Dotson. Yeah, right. and Carson Wentz can sometimes be okay. <laughs> I mean, he had a near MVP season, like, what, six years ago now? <laughs> yeah, Carson Wentz going back and playing the Eagles. Now, granted, it's in Washington, but. Yeah, yep. no, I, I still think the Eagles are going to steamroll. Um, Saints, Panthers, we talked about. Um, man, we did a good job this week. We touched on every game except we got to talk about Sunday night and Monday night. Uh, Sunday night being 49ers Broncos. Uh, 49ers are a one and a half point favorite in Denver. Um, give me the Broncos. I know that they've looked horrendous to start the season, but again, they're one of those teams that they just need something to click. And I think week three might be a great time for it to happen. Nathaniel Hackett has a lot of pressure on his back now. And uh, I don't think he's the type of guy to fold. Well, Darius, I'm going to like go the other way. Um, I think the 49ers looked a lot better with Jimmy G, which is unfortunate for like, you know, Trey Lance for when he comes back from injury. Maybe if he can keep it going and Jimmy G made like a few G's from his performance. Um, no claps for that joke. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> but, but you know, the 49ers, like they looked a lot better last week than they did in week one. Like, I think they got Debo more involved, and uh, I think they'll get George Kittle back as well for this week, which is good for for me from my fantasy perspective. Um, but, yeah, just all around offensively, like, the 49ers look really well-oiled, unless Russell Wilson can get those deep balls going um, and get, like, the, the, the kind of catches that he was throwing to Tyler Lockett um, when he was at the Seahawks, those, like, 40, 50-yard bombs. Um, I think that's something that the Broncos need to like bring in more of, I guess. Uh, yeah, I think I think if Jerry Judy can come back and play this week, that'll right. be huge. Yep. But no, I, I mean, I don't think I'm going to bet on either team to win, but I do like the Broncos to win. Yeah, I think for both the Sunday night game and the Monday night game, I would not touch betting wise with a 10 foot pole. But I think I will sit back with my nice pizza and a beer and just enjoy the, the chaos that I'm watching during primetime. Because I think it's going to be an entertaining game. I don't think it's going to be the cleanest played game by any means. But it'll be fun to watch. And I, I could definitely see uh, it going either direction. Yeah, and then Monday night we've got the exciting matchup of Cooper Rush and Daniel Jones. Which <laughs> I, I agree. I think sitting back with a pizza and a beer is, is – uh, ideal for that game because it's going to be an entertaining one so definitely uh i'm looking forward to live tweeting that game uh that that's gonna have some funny moments um i do like the giants though i really think the giants are going to start three and um i don't think they'll keep that up throughout the season but yeah for for the time being i'm jumping on the the giants bandwagon Let's be honest. If you start three and zero, it better not be the the Panthers of last year because that drop off was just incredible. I mean, they lost Christian McCaffrey and everything, but um, I can just imagine like you know the, the Giants winning this game and then them losing Saquon for the rest rest of the season. Uh, sorry, Mitch. Whoa, don't be, don't, be mojo don't, don't jinx him like that. You don't have to do it. Hey, you right deserve now. that for beating me this week. Yeah, oh. No, no, no. <laughs> that was a low blow, but uh, no, I'm, I'm like you know they 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 look like they know what they're doing this year, which you know Brian Dable brings that with him. But I agree. Like in terms of like putting money on both of these games, like you're you're thinking mm, this could go either way depending on which side of these teams shows up. Um, but yeah, we have two NFC East matchups this week, so that might shuffle things around in that division. Right. Well, Bean, thank you for already agreeing to trade when Saquon gets hurt for your top running back. Um, for your comment but yeah yeah you get jeff wilson of the 49ers (laughs) oh joy that's good anything's better than zero points yeah we need to petition the nfl to quit putting the giants cowboys as the primetime game because i think we get that twice a year every single year i'm just kind of tired of it although it is funny to watch jerry jones make terrible faces when his team blows a lead or somehow (laughs) loses in miraculous ways yeah 
I agree. No more Cowboys games during prime time, please. For the sake of like the average NFL watcher. Oh, dude, but they're America's team. <laughs> Are they? <laughs> yeah, why do the Cowboys already have two primetime games? That's ridiculous. Um cool. Well, that wraps up our week. Any last comments for the for the listeners? Uh any last bad takes or poor betting advice? Ooh. No, I mean They've they've heard all the the terrible betting advice already from us. You know, we went and combined what three and twelve last week. So, yep. take take it for what you will. Take it with <laughs> a lot of salt. Yes, yes, for sure. Uh, but anyway, um, I know over the past few weeks since we started recording this season, our viewers have been ever so slightly going up week to week. Uh, so we thank you all for listening and sticking with us. Um, it's so much fun to do this and just be able to talk football and give bad takes. Mitch Bean, thanks for doing it with me. Um, I hope you all follow us on Twitter too. Um, again, we think we're funny. We're probably not, but we have some, some punny remarks to, to big, big Twitter pages. So follow us there if you'd like, but thanks again. We are the DGen football podcast. We hope you have an amazing week three. And we will see you next week.